This is the S Rock Podcast. Big UFC this weekend. We got Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker in a rematch. And kind of something that doesn't happen in boxing too much. And well, maybe it does, honestly. Maybe it does. Okay, maybe because Robert Whitaker was a champion and he reigned for a good little run and um, had some good wins. And Izzy was coming up and he beats the long reigning champ. So I guess it does make sense that Robert Whitaker gets a rematch. And they did get it right away, had to earn it, and went through some tough guys to do it. Cannonier, Gastelum, uh, Till. N- not an easy route back to the title. And I think that, first of all, that was great for him. I really do think, uh, I think Whitaker's like, you know, top five wins is pretty damn solid. And he's one of those guys that, even when he didn't have the belt, he didn't just sit around and wait for it. You know what I mean? Like, he still won on a run. He still got credible wins. Still got really respect, really respectable wins. You know, Israel Adesanya, uh, who just dominated the middleweight division. And no one really has been close, really, since Kellen Gastelum. And maybe uh, um, uh, Romero, Yoel Romero, who, you know, honestly, debatably won that fight. And it was a hard fight to score because, you know, it was, like, so very rare anything really happened, right? But he was kind of effective. And then Izzy goes to 205 and, and has a shot at John Blakowitz and you know, it just the size was ended up playing a really key factor in that fight. Um, he was effective, I think, early, but wasn't like completely one-sided where it needed to be with the stand-up. Now, he did land some big shots. I did think he rocked John a few times and his power did carry to that weight class. But when it got to the grappling, um, Izzy just wasn't, you know, skilled enough in the grappling, advanced enough in the grappling to, you know, make up for the, the extreme size difference and strength difference that uh, John was offering. And when John got control of him on the, and was on top, really nothing Izzy could do. And he, his uh, his bottom game uh, just wasn't, you know, as effective, wasn't as effective as it needed to be if really to get back up or just really be a threat on the bottom. And it's an important thing to remember is when guys are... Uh, learning the ground game and they're learning that aspect of fighting that there are some things that could allow them to you know make a few leaps fast of uh, faster maybe than others and that's like strength length it's just those kind of attributes right and with izzy in middleweight he's very long right very very long very and he's very strong right very solid guy yeah middleweight that allows him to you know Maybe not have all like the hundred percent solid technique, but those strengths there to like that. Uh, let him make up ground a little bit quicker, and that's the same thing I was uh, explaining with Nagano. Is like Nagano, right? Probably doesn't have like the best grappling takedowns, or uh, doesn't have the best takedowns or grappling technique, but his strength allow him to you know kind of move along a little faster, right? To make up for those mistakes that he has. That's what Izzy has in middleweight, but light heavyweight he didn't have that. So now Izzy comes back to middleweight, he beats. Uh, Vittori, right? Now he's got Robert Whitaker in the rematch. And in the first fight, which was very one-sided, and Izzy hurt some uh, late in the first, right? And then he finishes him in the second. It just, there, you didn't really see anywhere where Robert Whitaker was having success in the first fight that you're like, oh, I can't wait to see, you know, how he applies you know, what changes he makes, but how he applies what was working in the first fight to this fight. Because was, it wasn't no success that he was working on in that fight. It really was just Izzy the whole time. 
Now, I do believe there's things that Robert Whitaker could do, and I do believe there's things that Robert Whitaker's going to do in this fight that I wouldn't necessarily, like, if I was strategizing, tell him to do, but I do think that Robert Whitaker's definitely not going to come forward in this fight. I think that if you look at the examples of his other fights, he's going to move backwards. He's going to make Izzy come to him. He, he uh, realizes that he got caught when he came forward, and he was reaching, and Izzy was countering him. So I think he's going to make Izzy come to him. He's going to be way more patient. Not so much looking for the big shot like in the last fight. Now, Israel Adesanya, who, to me, I don't know if he's technically getting better because technically he's pretty pretty high level. But I think he's still getting more comfortable in the cage. And um, especially, like, as far as, like, he has really no concern, especially at the weight class of, like, takedowns. Um, and I do think when he fought Yoel Merrill, he was concerned about that. I do think when he fought Yoel Merrill, that, that that was the back of his mind, which led to making the striking a little bit closer. But now that he's kind of at this weight class, not really afraid of that, like his striking is becoming even more looser. More, he's becoming more confident in it, uh, in the shots he's taking. And I do believe that he he isn't buying into this Robert Whitaker of, you know, like uh, a new and approved Robert Whitaker. I don't think he sees that. And I'm not sure how I see that. Like, a, a you know, like a, like if Robert Whitaker was kind of like slipped up against Izzy and he wasn't, uh, it wasn't at his top of his A game. I think that was pretty good Robert Whitaker. And I just think the Izzy was just better. And I know that Robert, like I said, Robert Whitaker went on a run after he fought Izzy, but I don't think that that necessarily shows that he's better now or he, the changes necessary to win this fight. Um, I think it just shows that Robert Whitaker is a really good fighter. It's just when he fights Izzy, he's not the same level. So how, how what, what do I see this fight playing out? I think, like I said, Rob Whitaker is going to move backwards, and he's going to come forward. And I think it's going to be a little bit more stagnant fight early on, more figuring out. And I think he's going to cross his leg kicks, and I think he's going to hit him with legs right and just try to score that way. I think second round, Izzy kind of starts looking for the jab, and then starts finding his range later in the second with the one twos. And once he starts finding his range, I think Rob Whitaker is not going to have the shot that he. You know, he's not going to have the Izzy kind of stepping into his range like he needs him to. Like, I think that he expects to have in the fight. Um, and I think that Rob Whitaker is going to start sitting on his shots now. Once Izzy starts landing and pushing him back, I think Rob Whitaker is going to move backwards but sit on the, the opportunities when Izzy looks to attack. And I think so Izzy's going to counter him with the hook again and be in a similar situation in the last fight and hurt Rob Whitaker and Izzy falls him to the ground and gets a finish. I'm thinking about third or fourth round. Now, what are the counters for Rob Whitaker? What I see that he could possibly do. Now, Izzy's mistake, um, he has one big, huge flaw, and that's that he pulls his head straight back and leaves his legs where they're at. So, like, his head goes... It's like the, you know, like the Matrix, right? Like the Matrix where the guy puts his head back and he goes all the way flat. Izzy does that. And the problem with that is... Well, first of all, you're wide open. You're in a horrible position to take a shot. If you're going to get caught on that, like if you remember Anderson Silva when he fought Chris Weinman and he was joking around doing that in the first fight and he got caught doing that, he went straight to sleep. If he gets, ever gets caught and he has yet to get caught doing this, which is pretty surprising to me because it's a pretty obvious flaw that he has. Doing that, you go to sleep. So how do you, what do you do, right, to get Izzy in that position? And I watched Calvin Gaslam and what he did and he did a double step. Right, he took one step in, and where everyone else would attack, and that's what Izzy was expecting, and Izzy would either make that move or step out of range. Right, and if he makes that move, he's stuck. Then Kevin Gaston would take another step in, 
and be right in on him and then be able to work and he would land good shots. He even dropped Izzy at one point with that move. And I think that Robert Whitaker has to do that. Robert Whitaker has to have some kind of feint or a double step or even a jab step to get Izzy reacting. Another thing is, and you saw John do this, is that when he did that move and he pulled his head back, John would just eat up his hips in that. Because in that, when he does that and he pulls his head straight back, his hips stay where they're at. Their legs stay where they're at. But he's completely unbalanced. All his upper uh, upper body weight over top is is past his waist, right? Past his base. And you could just easily eat up his waist on that and get a takedown. That's what John figured out about third, fourth, fifth round. He figured out that if he's going to look to make that move to avoid my shots, I could just eat him up right there and take him down. So that's another move that Robert Whitaker could do, right? Robert Whitaker could easily find the range by just stepping in. And he can easily land some good takedowns because Izzy sometimes puts himself completely out of balance. Now, also, the thing that I haven't seen really anyone do is work Izzy's body. Izzy has, he's very long, right? Very long. And he keeps his car very high. Everything he kind of does is very high. I want to know what, what would happen if someone just started pounding the body. Now, his head is, like I said, he's he, he's good reactions and good natural ability of avoiding shots. It is kind of hard to hit, right? And it's, especially if you can't seem to measure up when he pulls all the way back, measure up that chin shot. But what happens if you just start working his body and just dedicate an early game plan to working his body? How does he affect him later on in the fight? Now, Israel Adesanya, like I said, I think he's going to have to use his length in this fight. I think that he's probably going to have to be the hunter in this fight. Of course, we know Izzy's leg kicks are always going to be there. I wonder how effective the high kick's going to be, right? With it, with Robert Whitaker staying out of range, I expect the high kick to, if it doesn't, you know, not effective landing, but just keeping Robert Whitaker kind of just more of the defensive mode, not able, not being able to attack. Now, if Izzy wins this fight, where does he go from here? You got Sean Strickland who's coming. Now, Sean Strickland didn't get the most, I guess, the impressive, uh, get the win in the most impressive fashion against um, Hermanson. But Hermanson's tough. That was a really just a test to see how he does with a guy that's going to just look to take him down because he had seen that work against uh, Strickland before. And he passed that test. To me, I think that's a great win. I think that all he had to do was just pass the test that he just couldn't get taken down over and over again. So that shows that he could he could defend that, right? That shows that he's at that level where he can defend multiple styles. I think Sean Strickland's right there in the title picture. He also, on this undercard in the fight I'm going to talk about next is Jared Cannonier versus Brunson. And now Brunson got smoked by... Um, Izzy, right? And Brunson doesn't have the following that Robert Whitaker does where it like really makes sense to have a rematch. It'll bring enough eyeballs to it. He doesn't have that. And he's going to really have to earn this rematch. So he has Cannonier who it looks like the winner of this would be next for the title, right? Especially because Cannonier's never fought Izzy. And we're kind of just running out of opponents for Izzy at this weight division. Now let's say Brunson pulls it out again. He has another major win. I could see them just Throwing Sean Strickland above Brunton. As unfair as that is, the UFC controls the rankings. They control who gets title shots. They could do that. And to me, I think that, especially because people are kind of interested in Sean Strickland, they're very curious about that behavior where he could just say whatever the hell he wants. It doesn't get in trouble. Um, he's a very interesting character. He's got a style that 
seems to be very entertaining with Izzy. It's, to me, I think he might just get his his uh, legs ate up. But it's going to be very interesting if Brunson wins this fight against Cannonier on what they do and what they how their planning is going forward with Izzy, who is running out of contenders at middleweight. And at what point does Izzy get the opportunity to try to go to light heavyweight again? Now, I know Jerry's going to get a title shot against Glover. I know John eventually wants another rematch against whoever or wants a fight against whoever uh, wins, either whether it's Glover or Jerry. But at what point does Izzy say, I need to make that attempt again at 205, especially because Izzy just signed a new deal. And I, I imagine Izzy the kind of guy that kind of wanted it mapped out, his future. When he's not the kind of guy to settle for just, you know, regular wins. He wants to do big things. He seems like that kind of guy that would thrive for big things. So I imagine that light heavyweight is in his future plans yet again. The sale this ball plays out. Now, if Robert Whitaker wins, you're going to see number three. And I don't expect that to happen. But if Robert Whitaker were to win this fight and set up a number three between, uh, between him and Izzy, that's a huge fight. Humongous. And I think you would have to go back to Australia if you're going to do that. Considering how big the first one was. Now on the undercard, just talked about it. We got Cannoneer versus Derek Brunson. Now Cannoneer, um, it's kind of like just been working to get to this title shot for a while, and he would get some solid wins, and then he would lose the fight to like right before he's ready to put him in the title picture, such as like the Robert Whitaker fight. And Derek Brunson, a guy that was, you know, at one point a contender, then turned journeyman, turned gatekeeper, revives himself, right? Being a, uh, closing the gate on a few guys, revives himself in back to contender. And the interesting thing is because Derek Brunson was destroyed by Izzy. Like it wasn't even close. But he might be putting himself in a position to get a title shot yet again. And like I said, Derek Brunson is a story that would never happen in boxing. I said Whitaker would No, no. Derek Brunson does not happen in boxing. Especially when you lose to the champ, right? Like, it's like... Turo Gotti getting smoked by Floyd. At that point of his career. Going back, fighting a young and up-and-coming guy. Beating him. Being another young and up-and-coming guy. Being another young and up-and-coming guy. And going back and fighting Floyd. It just was never going to happen. Once he lost to Floyd in that fashion, you knew that he would never see that fight again. That's the way boxing works. UFC, whether even though they control their ranking system and all that, still sometimes it's kind of fair to get another situation where Derek Brunson gets another title shot. Now, we're going to see if he wins this fight. Storyline-wise, Derek Brunson winning is like, the most interesting outcome because you got to see how the UFC really handles that. Especially, you know, with Izzy being their biggest star now, right? As far as how they're paying him. You have to think that Derek Brunson is like, you know, not the opponent they're looking forward to seeing Izzy facing. But I don't think that Derek Brunson is going to pull this out because I think Jerry Cannonier is just kind of good at all the things that Derek Brunson's had success against, right? Like, all the things that Derek Brunson kind of needs to win a fight, Jerry Kennedy can do. Now, you could get in on Jerry Kennedy for a takedown. I'm not saying that Derek Brunson's not going to be able to find him. He's going to find him. But Derek Brunson, I mean, Jerry Kennedy is very strong against defense, right? At defending takedowns. He has a very strong legs, very strong base. And if Brunson's looking to wrap around his waist or get a leg, 
I'm just seeing Cannonier defend that too much, right? He's very good in that position. He's so strong. He's also very compact, right? So if you come in on him, you're going to walk in through some shots. He's also a guy that doesn't overthink when he's going to attack. If he steps in range, he's going to attack you. He's not overthinking anything. I also thought that, that was like the, the him versus Anderson Silva was like one of the worst matchups for Anderson Silva because it's like Anderson Silva is all about setting you up for traps or making you think you're in a trap. And Cannonier's kind of guy that doesn't think about that he's just like no i'm just gonna go when i step in range i'm ready to attack i'm gonna attack now Derek brunson's a far stand-up is pretty one-dimensional it's just one shot it's a strong left and a left high kick and he's gonna have to figure out a way to time Derek brunson every time he steps in the range he's gonna have to make sure that he beats Derek brunson to the spot every time and if Derek brunson is so good at defending against the fence that's fine but get him against the fence Hold him there, right? Control the cage. Get the cage control. And look to land shots outside of the clinch, right? You're in a clinch. And look to pop out with an elbow with your big left. And look to take those opportunities. Now, what I think happens is this fight kind of ends ends up in the middle of the cage. And Kenanier is going to be active and look to step close into Brunson exchange. And he's going to have... Because he really throws hooks. That's like his main thing, right? His main offense is hooks. Uh, he's got a solid, some solid kicks. And I think that Brunson's one-dimensional style, and he's not really a guy on timing. You know what I mean? He's kind of like a guy that, like, forces the issue himself, right? He looks to use his strength and his power in his left hand to create opportunities for himself. But a guy like Kenny Ear, he's just not going to be effective against him. And if you're going to get into exchanges with him, I think Kenny is going to be compact. He's strong. He can take shots. And he's not afraid of the takedown. I think he's going to be a problem. I think he's a bad matchup for Derek Brunson. I pick Kenny to win this fight. I think he's going to um, really control the stand-up portion of this fight. And I think that Brunson's going to look takedown. And it's going to be a lot of failures against the fence. Now, whether he could hold him there... As far as and look to like control majority of the rounds, that's probably going to be his best shot to win this fight. But I'm going to take Cannonier. I think it's going to be one sided. And uh, I, I think that when they get on the middle of the cage, on the inside, they start trading. I think Brunson is going to get uh, the worst of it. But like I said, if Brunson's going to win this fight, he's got to time Cannonier. And Cannonier's not doing a lot of tricks or, you know, disguising a lot of things he's gonna step in the range he's gonna attack so you gotta make sure you know when he's gonna step in the range either letting go of the left hand letting go of the high kick or shooting for a takedown looking for a control Kenny wins this fight it almost you know guarantees him a title shot Brunson wins this fight like I said it gets very interesting so what do they do with him and Strickland Now, on the boxing card, right, the big boxing card, basically the only card, you have a Showbox. I wanted to break down, couldn't get to. Um, Showbox are highly entertaining. I suggest you watch it. Showtime, going to be on Friday night. But on the zone, we have Daniel Jacobs versus John Ryder. And this is kind of a matchup that, I don't know, I guess I'm kind of surprised that I'm seeing barely seeing now. kind of feels like a matchup that they could have made for a while now. But Daniel Jacobs... 168 versus Daniel, uh, I'm sorry, versus John Ryder. Um, Ryder, who is kind of over delivered, right? Uh, low expectations for him. 
doesn't look like much when you're kind of watching him. And then you kind of watch his, if you really pay attention close to his game, because he's getting, you know, some decent wins, right? Some competitive fights. You start seeing, you know, what is so difficult about him. Um, he's a shorter fighter, stocky, uh, very short arms. Um, but his legs are not bad. And he guides slowly slowly builds the pressure on you he hits you he'll hold you he hits you and he'll turn you he's got some skills like his left hand is good he kind of pushes with his shots so he's not getting a lot of power he's not the most powerful puncher but he's going in with the matchup with Daniel Jacob there to me with what the zone is obviously doing it looks like they might be getting Canelo at 175 pounds but the zone's obviously positioning themselves for the day that Canelo drops the 168 pound belts and they want to be able to get Andrade to get a shot at that. You want to be able to get um, Daniel Jacobs a shot at that, or John Ryder a shot at that, and maybe even Billy Joe. And Daniel Jacobs, who is coming out to a you know lackluster performance against uh, Gabe Rosado, maybe that's putting it lightly. He just couldn't seem to pull the trigger. Kind of seemed like he was getting outboxed. I thought uh, Gabe Rosado won that fight. He didn't get the decision. Jacobs in his prime, I really would think he beat John Ryder pretty easily. In his prime, I think Daniel Jacobs was a very good, excellent fighter that did not get the appreciation that he deserves. But now what I see in Jacobs and when I saw them in Gia fights, he's a guy that can't pull the trigger. And to me, when you can't pull the trigger no longer boxing, and this happens once you get older, I just can't see um, it coming back. It just never comes back. Once you can't pull that trigger, they have that doubt and your reflexes are no longer and your brain are no longer connected with your fist like that. It's just usually the signs of the end and that's what I saw in the Mangia fight. And maybe the, uh, there was a little bit of traces there in the Chavez fight. But I just had my doubts that he's going to go in there with John Ryder and bring all that activity back and bring back the jab and the combinations and the flirts. I just don't see that. I think that John Ryder's going to control the, first of all, the place of this fight, which he's going to put pressure on Daniel Jacobs. But also, I think John Ryder's going to smother Daniel Jacobs. I think Daniel Jacobs is just going to constantly be in his own head on why can't he get the shots off. And that's just because the time's passed. I think John Ryder's going to win this fight. I think John Ryder's going to no one to smother him, no one to box him, no one to jab him, no one to turn him. And if Jacobs can't get the jab off, which I think he needs in this fight, right? I think he needs to... I want to see if I wrote down the counter. I did. Uh, yeah, he needs a jab. He needs a up the um, offense and for sure a counter off the upper body movement, right? If uh, he, Daniel Jacobs, you know... To me, the best way he did was countering off of his upper body move. Jab would control the pace, and then when you wanted to attack, he would move, and always a shot was coming back. I didn't see that with uh, Rosado, so let's see if we see that coming forward, because he'll have the opportunities. Like, to me, if Daniel Jacobs is prime Daniel Jacobs, if Canelo felt Golovkin, to me, he easily beats Ryder. I think Ryder's tailor-made for him. His style, his body shape, everything. But if he just can't get those shots off anymore, and he just gets lost in his own mind and doubt and just it's just not connecting anymore the brain with the fist i think it's gonna be a, a long night for jacobs i think they'll pick john Ryder by unanimous decision at that point and i just think he's just gonna work his way in he's gonna jab land a shot and just smother 
smother Daniel Jacobs and not let him get to work. This uh, you also have Felix Cash on there. I was going to wrap it up, but you also have Felix Cash on there, who I've never been really high on. But then I start seeing the people are high on him, and some people that are, you know I really respect their opinions. So maybe I just need to take a look at him again. I'll be studying him this week. But these are the fights this week. You also have Derek Lewis versus Ty Tuvasa, which is an excellent fight, entertainment wise. Very hard. It's going to be hard. Very hard match. And hopefully it lives up to the expectations. But thank you guys for listening. It's been the As Raw Podcast. And please find me on Instagram and Twitter under the same name. And on YouTube with my Straight to Video Podcast. Which is a complete different podcast. So don't think I saw one episode here this week. That's the same episode is going to be on there. No, it's a completely different episode. Probably a completely different topic. And uh, just like subscribe leave please leave a review for the podcast on spotify or apple or however you're listening and please follow me on all my uh, social media platforms thank you very much